It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. Hi, Tim. It's nice to meet you. How, where are you recording from, your studio? I am at my house right now, actually. I've been doing a lot of the work from home thing. Yeah. Um, like I said, unfortunately, I get it. I'm gonna, you know, take all the necessary precautions, but uh, I, I hate, I absolutely hate it. I get you. What area of town are you in? I live downtown, like I'm like right across the street from the North Market. Like right oh. between, um, like where the short north ends and downtown starts. Nice. That yeah. is fantastic. Do yeah, you, are you a North Market fan then? Do you find yourself there a lot? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously a fan, I think for a while, I've been here for a few years in this spot specifically, and having it literally like when I walk out my door, um, there's like a side street vine and then the front door to North Market. So having that access, it made it like I would eat there too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I've, I, if I don't have food in my house, or if I don't want to cook, it's my go to for sure. I don't remember the name of the place, but it's like a Greek Mediterranean right on the corner. Um, like the furthest door in the front. Yeah. I guess we would call that stage right if you're looking at the back <laughs> building. Um, but there's there's like a Greek Mediterranean place and they have Tunisian chicken. Okay. Which they say, you have to sign a waiver. You really don't. I think they're just trying to ham it up a little bit. But yeah, I am, I mean, I dream about that Tunisian chicken. It's really? so good. That's the place I eat that's super fast and cheap uh, like all the time if I just want something quick. And then they put a blocks in there so I can get bagels Ooh. if I don't bagels. Donuts, if you need donuts, they got they got everything. They do. They used to have a really good pad thai place too. I can't remember. They have a Nita's, but it's like the diet menu, so they don't have their uh, pad siu, which is my favorite dish. So that's a bummer. What I is that? It's like a it's like a wide rice noodle. It's very similar to pad thai, but it's not wow. no peanut. It's more of like a soy based, soy sauce based. So Ooh. good. I like that you call it diet thai. Yeah, it, well, it's because the me the menu they have at their main one on on High Street. Is like a lot of food. This one only has like a few options. They're oh, like so it's not literally like diet. No, it's a diet <laughs> menu. Yeah, there's like the limited options. I guess would be a better way to describe. Well, that's fine. I, I mean, I'm trying to imagine diet Thai. Like, hmm, just it would be just yeah, vegetables. So essentially, have a salad. It's mm -hmm. a Thai salad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's fair. There you go. There you go. How long have you lived in Columbus? I grew up in Columbus. My family's from New York. And okay. my parents moved here. My dad worked for American Electric Power in New York City. They relocated to Columbus okay. as part of a um, tax thing, I'm sure. But they brought their headquarters to Columbus yeah. in like 70-something. Okay. And he moved here in uh, like 80, 80, early 80s Okay. from New York. And then I was adopted, but I grew up in Columbus. So they went and really? I'd say I'm a first-round draft pick. I have, I have sisters who are... Uh, biological and I was giving them shit that I that they chose me but they're stuck with them and so they uh, they uh, they got me and then relocated me to Columbus and that's where I, I grew up my whole uh, childhood we spent a lot of time going back and forth you know when you're when your family moves we have a big Italian Jewish family um, in New York and in, uh, in, in Florida as that goes as they get older and so we we, we were the team the people to separate from them so we went back to them a lot all the holidays you know weekends and stuff Right. Which I understand, you know, as I've gotten older and separated from family, 
you want to spend time with the you know that familiarity. So we spent a lot of time in the car, driving back and forth, growing up. New York. Like uh, they're from all over. My parents are from Jersey. My mom was born in Freehold. My dad was born in Neptune. Um, but then they lived in Hoboken for a bit. They both worked in the city uh, when they were like I guess my age now, which is weird. And then uh, they were living in the city when they relocated because uh, they were in like uh, Manhattan when uh, okay. when uh, they moved their headquarters. So that building downtown was um, that was like their they they their like main headquarters moved from the city to Columbus. That was a pretty big deal. Um, wow. I found a hype video a couple years ago that they made for people moving about why they should move to Columbus, and it's incredible. It's what it's were there, And you said early '80s. What would their reasons have been then? Money, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's just uh, no, I mean, but like, what did they put it in the video to? Oh yeah, it was like. Um, there's arts movie. You can move to this place called Arlington. They didn't even call it Upper Arlington. It was just Arlington <laughs> at the time. And the home prices were basically free compared to New York's cost and well, stuff that's like true. that. Yeah. yeah. The video, I have like a 14 minute video. I'll link you to it. It's on my, yeah. it oh, might be cool. on YouTube, but I have it on Instagram somewhere uh, of just like why you should move to Columbus. It was pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm trying to think, I moved here in 87 and I mean, okay. granted I wasn't that old, but I can't think of, I mean, the stuff now to move here for you, absolutely. But back then? Yeah, the job. I know my parents didn't want to raise kids in the city, uh, yeah. which is a bummer because I grew up going back and forth and I've, I've spent time in the city. Um, I, I left Columbus after high school for number, numerous reasons, yeah. but I'm more of a New York speed person than a Columbus person. I do love the city, but there's a lot of stuff that bums me out about the, the style of person here. And yeah. my parents saying they didn't want to raise someone in the city. I feel like they adopted someone who should have been raised in the city versus in the Midwest. Um, but I'm, I appreciate the, um, the, the, the values that I, that I learned growing up. Yeah. And patience is something I struggle with and something that you're tested with often uh, driving, dealing with people in the, in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of cars in, in, or not a lot of driving time in Manhattan. I worked in uh, the... Uh, Numerous times I've been in and out of the city working with companies or for companies and obviously whenever I'm there We're not driving and I prefer that style of commute and Same. it's something I've advocated for heavily in Columbus mm -hmm. uh, But there's just like I don't have billions of dollars and no You know tunnels so yeah. and, and with all the people I've talked to in government or you know council and stuff like that they, they understand it. It's just we we started poorly with Columbus getting away from mass transit and yeah. we're at a point now where it's like the the planning and everything is kind of irrevocable to this point. We have to either backtrack a ton and shut the high street down for 10 years and build or mm -hmm. just kind of deal with it and spread out um, everybody. And people don't want to give up their parking in Columbus. Oh. Yeah, all that to say, yes, I did grow up in Columbus. <laughs> long, no, I mean, that's interesting. Time. That's interesting you say that because I was a theater major. So when I was in college, like that idea of moving to the city was, I, I just couldn't do it. I said, no, 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 I'm a, I'm smaller, suburban type. That's what I was used to. Now, I would love to live in the city because I'm with you. It's like, I don't want to drive and park my car and attempt to find a parking spot, which takes 65 minutes. When you're driving behind the person who's going 25 because it's raining or 95 because it's raining, like, I, I mean, the last time I visited New York, I was, I was getting pissed at people moving too slow on the sidewalk. It's like, this is not a good sign. <laughs> Yeah, I get, I, I get it. Like a, a little bit as I get older, I like to visit it now. I've spent enough time there, and I like it. 
I, I would need to have like literally hundreds of millions of dollars to live there yeah. just because you can't be broke. I remember we were going to the office one time and we had like four of us that would buy juice like on their way in to get it for each other. And it was like my turn. I was coming in uh, like after everybody. I was like, hey, you guys want anything? They sent me their order. It was just like, you know, little lemon shots and like a juice. And it was like $68 for like four people, you know, and then going to the bar, you know, I, I would drink at dive bars and it'd still be expensive or whatever. And, I, you know, I'm like I grew up in that like penny pinching kind of mindset. And so I'm like, it's so much cheaper somewhere else. But you're obviously paying for the experience and whatnot. Oh, yeah, it's cool. Um, but Columbus has so much to offer. And, you know, growing up here in high school, everybody wanted to leave. They were always talking about what they're going to do when they grow up. You know, we're going to make it out or whatever. And it's like they just had this mindset of like you couldn't do it here. And a lot of it was, you know, trying to be, be the victim of, you know, I would be more successful if it's like that kid who's or the the dad who's like, I would have gone pro if, you know, my coach didn't suck or if I would have <laughs> yeah. this or whatever. It's just like, yeah. no, you just didn't work hard enough or, you know. Right. So, you know, I learned that I left. I toured. I was in a band for a long time. And, really? Uh, what yeah. was your band called? What's that? What was the band called? Um, the first one was from here called Before We Forget, which, man, that's like 14, 13, 14 years ago now. <laughs> then was a band called At The Skylines that was, uh, we were based in Huntington Beach and uh, we signed with Warner Brothers, did an album in Sweden, which is really oh cool, my gosh. Um, toured with them a bit. And then I finished off my like quote unquote career or whatever with a band called Secrets, okay. which was a, um, like a screamy, singy, post-hardcore band who are still going actually. Um, really? So those dudes are some of my, some of my homies still support yeah. them a lot, but I turned 30 and it was time to time to kind of move on from that. But that's when I moved back to Columbus after being out all over for for a long time. Yeah, so probably like 2000 end of 2015. I moved back and, um, you know, I still had friends here and whatnot. And that's kind of when I started this project. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had been out. I came back. I, I like appreciated what I'd missed. There's obviously Columbus isn't perfect. There's tons of downside to it. Yeah. Uh, but but highlighting the upside versus focusing on the downside is, is like what I started with and, and what I try to do with everything. Not always successfully, but that's yeah. how I try to, you know, make the most of it. And then also, like, we are killing it as a, um, a, a community a lot of times. Mm -hmm. so, oh, it's you know. changed so much. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I'm one of those people similar to you that I, I spent most of my life trying to figure out how do I get out of here. But what yeah. I've realized over the years is it's not really I want to get out of Columbus I want to get out of Ohio, but I like Columbus. There's yeah, that's been highlighted very much. So even recently, of how different there's a few cities in, in Ohio that are very different than their surroundings. And as I was touring, I was living in California, in New York, all those places. People in smaller cities than Columbus would be like, "Oh, would you grow up on a farm?" And I'm like, "No, dude. Like, we're a bigger city than you. You know, like <laughs> you're not that cool." Right. Um, but like we, um, I, I also ran a clothing company during the touring before and after actually that uh, we shut down two years ago which is a crazy story, but we were at, you know, trade shows all over the world doing fashion. And it's like two white dudes from the mid, mid two white straight dudes from the Midwest, not a standard, you know, fashion design. And right. so we would get buyers that would come to our booth and be like, where are you guys from? Are you guys from LA or whatever? And, and our, our clothes did really well in, um, you know, alternative communities. I don't know how you want to LGBTQ. Um, yeah. We yeah. had some, some friends that ran stores that were, high end and they catered to the gay community not because they were like you only can buy this if you're gay they just their style fit right, them, right? Yeah. and so and they loved our stuff so we started kind of breaking into these communities and then they huh. would meet us and just be confused and <laughs> buyers would be like where are you guys from we're like ohio they're like that's cute and i'm like it's not, it's not fucking cute like what <laughs> you know we like took it as like a as like a, a personal attack on us huh. um, 
but there, there's just this mis misunderstanding of, of Columbus. You yeah. see Ohio, you see this big red state, cows, trucks, and, mm -hmm. and whatever. Like if that's, if you like cows and trucks, that's cool. But like, that's not <laughs> all the city is. And you know, we're this tech hub now. We have VC in the billions. Like we are, um, we're, we're like sophisticated a little bit too, but we still, you know, drink Bush Light on the weekend. So, you know, it's like, you can get the best of, the best of both worlds here in, in a city if you wanted to. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I've aged into finer beverages like Corona with a lime. So, you know, <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I think, too, like people don't realize the arts community that we have here and how yeah. well right now it's not quite there, but yeah. how vibrant it is. So I have to ask you, what did you did you sing in the band? Did you play? What did you play? Um, I played guitar and bass separate depending on which band it was um and then yeah. if you're in a band you most of your recording is done by a couple members so in the first band i did a lot of recording of the bass i switched to another band uh we had a guitarist who was better and i was like i'll just play bass so the last yeah. five years i toured i played bass and i loved it, it do you fun. still play no i mean that's like saying it's like asking tom brady if he still plays football when he gets out of the nfl not that i'm tom brady i realize that that analogy doesn't work but like playing music professionally and touring is not the same as like playing yeah. an acoustic in your room and music for me is very much so like a drug in the sense of not like a good drug, like heroin. It'll have me on the street. If I play, I'll be back in a band in like a week and touring again. And all of the work that I build up will go away. Every time I would leave on tour, it was great. I loved it. But everything else you're doing, it's like going to jail. Everything else at home, your friends grow up. Um, you're, the, the world moves on without you and you come back, back where you started. So every time I left, I'd have to come back and like start over again. Um, and then this last time, you know, luckily I had some skills, but there was, you know, 30 years old, basically coming into the first day out of high school, except for I had been, you know, traveling for 10 years. So the stories yeah. are great. The experiences were incredible. But if I were to play again and go out, it would just set me back, right. you know, unless unless I was able to sustain. I loved it. I, I, I tell people it's like mac and cheese. I love mac and cheese, but there's a point where I eat it and I'm like, all right, I'm full. I've had enough mac and cheese. I had my fill. I did way more than I ever thought I would do. Met some cool people learned a lot of lessons and yeah. and it was it was time to be done and so i i still listen to music i support friends that that play but it was just it was time for my like run had finished yeah okay so so here here you are back in the city and you start only in cbus like where did this come from yeah so when i was doing the the clothing company and the band both of those are industries where you have to promote yourself right you need yeah. to cut the noise you have to uh, hey, look at me and have a reason why and not do it in an annoying way. And so that's marketing, right? And so basically when I finished, I had companies that were like, hey, we want you to help us. We see what you've done with the band. We see what you've done with free clothing and we want you to help us do that. So I started just kind of freelancing per se. I, I didn't really have like a thing. It was just like, all right, sure, whatever. I need something to do. Yeah. And that evolved into an agency. Uh, I partnered with somebody in uh, Chicago. So we had kind of like a base here and a base there. And so for like three years, we built uh, a digital media agency, creating content, building brands online, telling their story, helping them just the basics of how to cut through the noise. And so only in Seabus was a resume for that business. Cause when I was going into, I was looking at what other people were doing. And at the time, you know, SEO, all the SEM, all those buzzwords that people were like pitching, but nobody knew what they were doing. I was like, I know what I'm doing. How can I prove that? So yeah. I was driving a Land Rover at the time and I lived in Columbus. So I started two accounts, one called Rover Group, 
which is like the parent company of, of Land Rover, but also yeah. it was a group of Rover lovers. So it's kind of like a play on words. And then um, only in Seabus, which is a location based, not a similar interest. So I wanted to show that you can build around an interest, no matter where they're located or around a location, no matter what they're interested in and built both of those. And I would go into, you know, pitch meetings with here's what you're doing. Here's what I can do for you. And it just made the process very easy. Um, I sold off my part of that business about two and a half, three years in and retained only in Seabus as kind of like a, and that's kind of when I turned it into more of a, a brand. Mm -hmm. And I still, the first few years, I didn't even really put that like as much work as I should have into it. I did enough for it to do its goal. Um, yeah. the last couple of years, I've really given it the time. Well, as much time as I can to mm -hmm. really, to really help it, help it, uh, flourish, turn it into, you know, a brand uh, products, a podcast, um, a way to tell the story of the city that's not influenced by a uh, religion or political background. It's just my version, right? Some people get mad about that, but uh, fuck them. You know what I mean? Like you can <laughs> if you want. So it's yeah, like, yeah. it's an honest take. Um, it's supporting people. It's like spreading com the community. Uh, we don't do anything to like hurt people that live here, um, exclude people that live here. Anything that's hated on is like negativity, uh, and shit that we don't need. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a media outlet now. Um, there's stuff that doesn't get covered that I feel should get covered. Um, I miss stuff. It's just me. Like I have a part-time sales guy now and that's it. So there's like, I can't, you know, I'm not everywhere, but yeah. I have a lot of sources that let feed me information. And then I try to tell, you know, a good, the good news. Like today we, we posted about some dogs that, that go to OSU, uh, the Wexner medical center and like help brighten people's day. Right. Like yeah. that's not like a crazy news story as far as, you know, development in the city, but it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, mm -hmm. everybody wants to look at dogs on their feed. Um, well, and I think that that's for me, <clears throat> excuse me, that's where I first saw your stuff is just, you know, popping up on the feed of like, oh my gosh, I love pictures of downtown. I love yeah. it. I mean, the, the view from downtown is one of my favorite things. I remember driving from Denver when we moved here and that was the first site that I saw was the downtown skyline. So it's always had this beautiful, positive place in my heart. So, you know, seeing some of the pictures that you posted, do people send those to you or? Yeah, I, so the way that I started, it was also teaching like how user generated content works. And as, as an artist myself, I understand that like exposure doesn't pay bills, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happened was I created, and this isn't easy at the beginning. And when I teach brands about this, like create a hashtag that, uh, that the content curated is very specific to what you want and then provide value to the person to want to, to contribute to that, right? I've done this with tons of uh, restaurants and stuff. Use the customers that go to your restaurant, use their photos. Yeah. Now you have photos for your feed. And anytime you tag that person in that photo, they're excited that their photo got used. And the bigger your account is, the more they want to get used. So I made value to them, the being the photographers and content creators. So now they want to be on the feed. Uh, and then some of the some of the ones I work with, I probably have like 10 or 15 people I work with all the time. I funnel them work when I have it that I can't do or um, yeah. you know, projects that I can bring them in on and uh, introduce them to people that they can work. So yes, some of the photos, um, you know, they're just free and they're getting exposure for it, but it's not just like, you're not exploiting the, the photographer. They're wanting to show off their work and yeah. in turn they're being noticed and getting, getting jobs. So whereas exposure isn't paying the bills, it's, it, it's created a, a conduit for them to, or like a connection to yeah. work. So yeah. I take probably about 15 to 20% of the content that's on there, maybe a little bit more now, but for a while there, I was taking maybe like five to 10%. Um, and, yeah. and like you said, you know, the great photos, are, those are great, but 
epic photos without a story or substance behind it uh, only go a certain way. And you can see there's a lot of companies that have tried to recreate things like that. And it's like, yeah, it's a cool photo, but why do people care, right? right. And you don't want to just be this like museum of skyline photos or whatever for people mm -hmm. to look at. You want to have some a reason for people to be excited, things to get behind and, and a community to be a part of. So that's something I've tried to focus more on in the last year or so. And then obviously giving back, you know, we've done tons of shit with uh, uh, Middle Ohio Food Bank or mm -hmm. other local companies to give away, especially during COVID. You know, we raised a ton of money, just did what we could uh, to give back, you know, uh, use a platform if you have it, try to make the community a better place. Right. So did you, did you study marketing and did you study all of this? It's, so this no. just kind of. You just I learned it, you know, being in a band, we, were, we started playing when we were like 16 or 17, probably. And, you know, early before MySpace days and then in MySpace days, learning how to uh, tell a story. You know, I did it poorly a lot for a long time. You know, my Twitter for, for my clothing company was just like a link to buy stuff every day versus a reason why you would want to buy it. Right. Yeah. And that's what people miss so much. It's like going on a date and just walking up to somebody who's like, hey, you want fuck? Like, that's not going to work. Right. It's like the reason what you're doing is you're like, hey, here's like parts of me that maybe you would want to, you know, spend more time with me. And right. that's, that's where brands get it wrong. They just try to bang everybody. And you're like, yeah. let's, let's like, let's like buy me a drink first. Right. <laughs> and so providing value and the value doesn't have to be discounts. It's like yeah. experience. It can be a, just a good product. Right. Or like what you support uh, the messaging and whatnot. And so teaching companies that something I learned, I, I learned a lot of what I employ or roll out from stuff that I hate that people do to me. Like I get messages every day on LinkedIn of people who are terrible salespeople. And yeah. so I teach people not to do that. And I use their messages as an example. I'm like, don't ever do this, mm. right? I'm like th throwing that person on their bus. And sometimes I'll respond and I'll be like, hey man, like just as a you know constructive criticism, uh, this is not how, <laughs> this is never gonna work. Was This is not, you know, like you could do this differently. Sometimes okay. they accept it, sometimes they get mad. I don't care, but um, I, I'm like, would I want this? Would, you know, like the golden rule or whatever. You can, you can be cheesy about it, but like, how would somebody, how would you like to be marketed to? Right. Treat people that way, right? Yeah. I don't cold calls. Why would I cold call people, right? Like, it just, you know, I just don't understand how people think that something that they hate that they do to somebody else would result in success. Yeah. And so teaching that has been very, very simple. And some people get it, some people don't. And that's the thing too, is like, you can't spend your time trying to convince somebody. You just have to move on. And so we, we do that even today. When, when we pitch people for like, here, here's the value, here's why we can help. And if they don't want it, instead of trying to tell them like, no, really it would help you, just move on and find people who get it. You're never gonna have a better experience with somebody who didn't wanna work with you in the first place than you are with somebody who's excited to work. So yeah. no, I didn't study it, but I spent 15, tw almost, yeah, 15 years in real life experience. Yeah. Successfully and failing a lot too, and kind of learning from that. Well, that may be, I think that's probably more beneficial, don't you think? Oh, for I mean, sure. if like, for sure. you can learn everything you want from a book, but until you're out there doing it. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and clearly, you can stuff too that are like, yeah, this should work. And you're like, well, I, we're not going to know until we try it. Yeah. You know? So that yeah. it's been a lot of trial and error. That's awesome. I love the storytelling aspect too. I mean, that's, I am not a great salesperson. I, it's just not my thing. Ben's smiling because he's like, no, she sucks actually. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but just knowing, the value of a story. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I mean, that's, that's exactly what we do here, but like. Yeah, that's kind of my bummer with like the term salesman is it feels like you need to trick somebody into something. Uh, like selling to someone 
it, it, like I said, it has like a negative stigma. For me, I'm like, hey man, here's what we can do. Here's why it's mm -hmm. valuable. Here's how much that thing costs. Here's yeah. why it costs that. Do you want it? Mm -hmm. it's, so it's, it's almost like opportunity, like presenting them with an opportunity. And if they want it, they can take it or not. I, yeah. I don't want to be like, have you considered, you know, like it's just like so, <laughs> you, like the automation in it is so bad nowadays. And people, and like they think that they're like tricking you. You know, like I get LinkedIn messages that's like, we've helped businesses like yours. I'm like, what's a business like mine? And like, we, we find customers just like you need. I'm like, and I always ask them like, so what would that be? Give me an example. And they never respond. I'm yeah. like, great. So you sent out a thousand automated messages and annoyed a thousand people. Uh, and now I never want to work with you. Even if your product could help me, mm -hmm. just tell me like, here's what I can do for you. It takes five fucking minutes to look at what my company does and be like, oh yeah, here's how we can help you. Um, it, I get, sorry, I get kind of worked up. I'm like, it's just so simple <laughs> and, and nobody does it, right? I want to give them money. I want them to make my life easier. I spend money every day. Tell me why you're gonna make my life easier, not harder, and I'll give you money. Like, it, right. you know, and that's like, it's like commerce and sales. It's just not, it has such a negative stigma and that bums me out. So our sales team, which right now is just me and one other person, uh, really prides ourselves on our approach and how we present value. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that we really do well, I think, is uh, integrating sponsored content into a feed of stuff that people want to follow, right? So yeah. like ads, if you tell me, um, I just bought this oven I, and they, they, I, they're not sponsoring, it's like Tovala or something like that. I'm a single guy, cooking is like the, one of my biggest problems and they've been advertising to me and I wanted it, like that's perfect for what I need. I bought it and it's been incredible, right? Yeah. And I'm going to, I've told all my friends, they haven't paid me anything for it. I'm going to try to run an ad with them, but mm -hmm. they advertised something I needed to me. And I loved that. Right now, if, if they're trying to send me, you know, cat food and I don't have a cat, like that's annoying. So what I, what I do with my sponsored posts, I think advertisements and sponsored content are very, very different, even mm -hmm. though they, they are similar in a legality sense, providing someone with a place to eat for people who are looking for a place to eat just supplies two ends that want to connect. Mm-hmm. Pushing shit that you don't like to people who don't want to see it is an advertisement. And that's what I avoid or I think I avoid most of the time. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's some people that would disagree out of you know the 90,000 people that are in our ecosystem. But for the most part, the response has been, ooh, I wanted to know about that. Tell me more. Yeah. Not uh, I'm unfollowing because this is annoying. So oh. you know, if you're following us, you're looking for where to eat. You're looking for where to live. You're looking for what's going on. Yeah. Companies that are just starting out that need to reach them pay me to get that audience, and that mm -hmm. completes an ecosystem and a loop that help every everyone wins. Yeah. So it's like that's a that's a thing I think a lot of companies could learn from uh, in that sales process or that marketing process, rather than it being like this system or this funnel. Mm -hmm. Just like, what's the value? What do people want? Give it to them. Right. Well, and the the idea that they trust you, you know yeah. that that yeah. oh well, if Tim is saying that he's okay. So it's a real life person that I'm aware of, mm -hmm. you know, and there's in this lovely COVID time. Yeah. I've, I mean, probably wine fueled nights. I've made some purchases that have mm -hmm. been absolute jokes. Yeah. Um, my personal favorite being, did you see those chairs that they go in the backyard? They're like a, a rocking outdoor chair. I've not um, seen I'll, I'll send it to you. It was brilliant. So I ordered two because they were okay. $19.99 a piece. Like what a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> then they send me the picture of what's actually coming. And it looks like a camp chair, a flat base, like a fishing chair, which is sort of the crisscross legs. Um, to make it even better, I received two of those. And no joke, they were this tall. Nice. 
about that big. Um, my daughter stood on them just for just to show how lovely it was. So it's it's I've fallen for the trap. Yeah. But, but when you do trust, find. Sorry, the trust is a very important thing, too. Yeah, uh, we've turned down a lot of money for things that I wouldn't um, eat or so that's not 100 percent true. I don't eat seafood. We just did a campaign for a seafood company, but I know the people and I know people like seafood, right? But there's been other companies that have come and, and I'm like, I would never use that. And I don't think people would like it. So we turned on the money, which is a bummer because everybody likes money. Well, but I feel the integrity or the authenticity or whatever, whatever term you want to use is is more important than that short term paycheck. Yeah. And so as we ramp up sales and, and promote more companies, we're, we're choosing companies that some it might not cater to everybody, but it's either a local business starting off trying to find their audience or a food company that can provide some sort of benefit to people who need it or a charity that's trying to, um, you know, better the community or a place that's like, hey, we have places to live. Here's how much it costs if you're looking, you know, just different things like that that aren't, you know, unfortunately, shitty chairs that like don't fit or whatever. You know, we try to stay away from that kind of yeah. stuff unless it's something that I'm excited about. And if it is, mm -hmm. then I'm like, yeah, let's run it. Right. That is nice that there's no board or anything, too, because I can do stuff that I think a lot of the people wouldn't be able to do quickly. Yeah. So we can yeah. we can just be like, if it's something I would do or want or buy or endorse, we just run with it. And there's no like approval process. Mm -hmm. Do you do you find are you working like all the time? Yeah, 100 <laughs> um, percent. This year has been a really big growth year for um, I, I work for a startup called Path Robotics. Uh, we are from the company's from Cleveland. They moved to Columbus almost two years ago now. Um, but uh, we're part of the startup community in Columbus that's tied to uh, Drive Capital and a bunch of other companies like uh, Olive and Root who both just uh, got billion dollar valuations this year. So we're part of this ecosystem in Columbus that's really bringing in technology and, and uh, a way that the Midwest has never seen. Yeah. So that's my day job and I spend a ton of time on that. And then when I'm not doing that, I just focus on only CBUS now because with COVID, there's nothing else to do. I can't travel. Um, you know, I, I've been in, in Ohio. Well, I flew out for a wedding in December in like August, but I've mostly been in Ohio since March, uh, which is very abnormal for me. So I work at Path normal business hours and then I work on only in CBUS the rest of the day. And uh, like right now I'm on lunch and so we're doing this and then I'll go back in and we'll, I think we're going to shoot some video tonight, but it's just, it's, it's, it's like too much work, but I think with the way the world is right now, it's better for my mental health than just like sitting around and being like bummed that I can't do other stuff. So yeah. it gives us time to find, you know, new projects, new products and, uh, and just kind of make, make relationships via zoom that hopefully the world goes back to normal and we can kind of, I can get on a little bit better of a schedule. Absolutely. Do you, what's your favorite part of everything you do? Uh, I don't, I mean, seeing stuff work, I think I like when you have an idea or a campaign or a project and you're like, this should work. And then it just uh -huh. does. That's yeah. really satisfying to me. Um, I do love seeing people like people meet or interact with each other. And like when I'm like two people reach out to me, I'm like, you two should work together in it. And then that works. I love that yeah. kind of the community sense of that. Um, I mean the food, obviously <laughs> I get tons of food options like we're doing a, an ad this weekend for uh wing stop is bringing in chicken thighs to columbus is like a test market uh -huh. so we're getting like this huge spread by the time this episode comes out we'll probably have eaten it all um, <laughs> but like getting paid to eat food is pretty uh -huh. awesome. 
Um, yeah, I need Jeff that. Ruby, Jeff Ruby Steakhouse gave me like a spread for my birthday. So me and my buddy got like just ridiculous food, you know, things like that. I think that's probably the best perk of it. <laughs> is just being able to eat all over the place. Yeah. New stuff comes out. We get hit up and they're like, hey, come try it. And uh, I try to do that as often as possible. It's been a lot less during COVID. They're like, yeah. listen, but they'll give me a gift card or they'll like send it to me. And yeah. that's probably my favorite part. But again, seeing, seeing an idea work because I'm like, this should work, right? right? Building something. You're like, I don't know. Let's like find out. And then when it actually does, I love that. Like, yeah, we did it. Like we nailed that. So what happens if um, somebody sends you something or food or, or something they want you to try out and potentially promote? What happens if you don't like it? I'm just honest with them. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah I'll tell them. Uh, you know, I, I'm not like mean about it, I don't think. Yeah. I hope not. But uh, like I'll tell them, you know, I don't think it's a fit and here's why. Or um, a lot of people will send me like seafood places and I'm like, I, I don't eat seafood. So like I'll send a friend, right? Like there was a sushi yeah. place that was doing a uh, collaboration with, I think it was like Hot Chicken Takeover mm. and who I love those guys. And uh, mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't eat sushi, but like, my friends do. So like, here's them, you know? And so I try to kind of, or I get products for a while. People thought I was a girl on there. I don't know why. I guess like every um, Instagram influencer is a girl, I guess. And so they would say, they would like talking about beauty products and stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to use that, yeah. but like refer them to a friend. Right. So that, that's usually pretty successful. Um, it's it, yeah. I don't really. I've never had like a big problem where it was like felt like I was being mean or whatever. Yeah. You know, and I, and if I was me, I would want honest feedback too. You know, mm -hmm. so. Oh, absolutely. What's uh, been? This is going to be hard to narrow down. But what's been one of your favorite food places that you've been able to try and promote? Huh. That's tough. <laughs> During uh, one of my best friends just got engaged at the end of last year or no, who fucking I can't keep a track of like, the timeline. He got engaged and then his party got pushed because of uh, like the COVID stuff. Yeah. But he ended up having a small one and hot chicken catered it. And so there was like this, oh. these huge um, things of their mac and cheese and, and stuff like that. And then we had these Hawaiian rolls that come with it. Yeah, and I had so much leftover food that the next day I was kind of like making leftovers and I put the mac and cheese, ripped up the, the holy chicken, the really hot chicken. Yeah, I kind of shredded, put it in like a, a like I have like this wok and heated it all up. And then I toasted the um, Hawaiian rolls and put the mac and cheese and the chicken kind of like together and made little sliders. And that was probably the best thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. So it wasn't necessarily the promo, but the leftovers made me find this secret yeah. like a takeover snack, which I think we need to add to the menu. Oh, absolutely. So that was yeah. probably my favorite. Just getting, they were excited because they sponsored it. So they saved them some money, you know, getting married's not cheap. Um, and so that was, that was pretty fun. That's awesome. What is your favorite uh, restaurant in Columbus? Can you hear that down or top three? It, I mean, it just depends on the day, you know, like, yeah. and, and what I'm eating. I'm a very like, I want this, so I'm gonna go get it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not like a, what should we eat tonight? I'm like, I'm craving, you know, Skyline right now. So I'm going to go get, get, you know, chili dogs or whatever. And so I guess like Skyline's a go-to just because I'm often craving that. Um, anything pasta related. I really like Marcella's, like the handmade pasta stuff. It's like kind of like a, uh, a rare thing that I get it. But when I do, I really enjoy it. 
Um, and I had the deviled eggs from the Pearl the other night, which I forgot about how good their deviled eggs are. Mm. Um, and then High Bank Distillery, those are some friends of mine, and they make deviled eggs as well. And they have a hot honey pizza, which is the only one I've found in Columbus so far. That's incredible. So those are right now. Those are kind of like the places I've been patroning, patronizing. Yeah. The most. I've been eating that. I've been yeah. dining there. Yeah. I'm a big fan of spicy and pizza. So put those together and I'm, and, and I'm, I'm loving it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go back to this um, hot honey pizza. Explain this because yeah. this sounds amazing. What's on there? Um, there's a spicy honey on top of a pepperoni pizza. It's just that's it, and it's really good. Yeah, oh I'd go up and get that as soon as you can. Uh, and then there's my buddy Rudy makes all their drinks there. He does like these crazy cocktails. I'm not a big. I just like whiskey, like Jameson in a cup. But he makes like these fancy um, cocktails that are really good. So if you're a if you're a fan of that, it's a good spot to go and check out. No, I'm kind of, I'm kind of boring. Uh, we have a good friend, Jesse Hubbard, who was the, he was the bourbon dude down at the Great Southern for a long time. He's been on several times and oh, his nice. cocktails, it's, I don't even know what's in there. I mean, they're always delicious, but he'll explain how he made it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I drink wine. This is just going here. Yeah. It's too fancy yeah. for me, but I, I appreciate the art. Like they love it. So I'll, I'll try them, but oh. I'm, I'm a very basic drinker, but go and get the pizza. It's, it's worth it for that sure. really good. Where did the idea for the podcast start then? I mean, was this something that, that you'd in, initially thought to put along with this or what, did it just kind of come uh, out of it? I, I listened to a lot of them and I, I think there's like a level of uh, narcissism that comes with like thinking all people want to hear what I have to say, but it was like a, it was a different outlet for, uh, I was like, okay, again, how, how do I want to be reached? I listen to a lot of podcasts. I was like, huh, I wonder if we could like get a story together of what's going on in the city. Yeah. I started it. We ended up teaming up with another company here in Columbus called Conquering Columbus. And so I moved over to that podcast with them. And I haven't put out an episode since like July on mine. But the goal is to continue to find stories that I want to tell on here and then and continue that. Unfortunately, with everything that's been going on, I haven't had any time to do it. And we record twice a week on the other one and put out once a week. So I'm, I'm like still getting the podcast thing, but it's not the same. Like yeah. no, there's nothing wrong with our podcast at all. It's, it's very businessy. Mm -hmm. I feel like the ones that we were doing with only in Seabus were way more, um, there was no script. It was just like, and maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure, but, uh, I wanted to keep that separate. So we're still going to use it. It just hasn't like the, the amount of things on the list has been so big that the podcast yeah. bumped down. So no, it wasn't a plan at the beginning. I just like them. It's a format I really enjoy. I feel like you can talk about a lot more than you can in an Instagram post and get to know somebody. And yeah. when I listen to the podcast that I enjoy, like uh, I, I listen to a lot of sports stuff, but uh, Dak Shepard's uh, Armchair Expert is a big one I, I enjoy. And the reason I like it is because they don't just talk about the movie that's coming up. They talk about stuff that you don't know about the person you already like. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I have a lot of similarities in my, I'm 10 years younger than Dak Shepard, but stuff that he goes through, I'm like, oh, nice. Like, maybe I can learn from that and try to avoid what you did wrong, right? Like, yeah. I've made mistakes myself, but I've seen a lot of stuff that he's done, and I'm like, I can relate to that mindset, right? Um, and maybe try to um, learn from what you're talking about versus, so I think his podcast hits a little bit um, harder than just the guests that are on there. Mm -hmm. But I enjoy when he brings on somebody like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, they don't just talk about 
the movie he did, they talk about everything yeah. and, uh, and more. And so I wanted to take people in Columbus that people know, like Jenny, and talk mm-hmm. about more than ice cream, right? Yeah. And so we had her on once. We're going to do it again, get deeper eventually. But again, this world's – I like in-person interviews. I did a bunch during quarantine, the first quarantine round on Zoom and whatever other, you know, and I just didn't like it. Like the last time we did was with Doug Ullman from Pelotonia. We did a, a bunch of merch for them and I kind of teamed up on a – the campaign it was a bummer because i didn't ride this year obviously but trying to help promote it um and after we did that one i was like let's just wait until we get people in person and i thought that'd be a couple months and that was six months ago seven months ago so yeah yeah yep story short the podcast just kind of happened and i fell in love with it very quickly (laughs) something i would like to do in more capacity i just don't want to be a zoom cast forever yeah. And there was, you know, so many other things going on that I just, it's, it's unfortunately been sitting dormant for a while now. Yeah. No, I completely understand. I mean, this sucks. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm not complaining. Yeah. There was just so many other things to do to focus on, like building out the team, which was a, which a big necessity that I had been putting off for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you find people? I mean, especially because you you have such an idea of what you want and where you're going and what you're doing. How hard is it to find people to work on your team? Um, I hadn't really been looking. Um, The first one was a friend of mine and the situation kind of worked out and I've been basically training him. He knows what he's doing. He's not an idiot, but the, um, the, the one-on-one contact that we already have because we hang out made it easy for me to provide him with my system, my information. And he'd be like, what about this? And I'm like, yeah, here's what I would do. And then it was just like a natural process. I think the next round that we're looking probably spring of next year or so um, will be a little bit more rigorous um, because we have to kind of do some work testing. Um, we have to build a system to have multiple salespeople. We have to um, make sure that they can create the content and, and take our direction in a way that we're on the same page. If you get somebody that designs in a different way than you, um, you're going to butt heads versus somebody who, who sees it the same way. And uh, so fortunately I haven't gone through that full process yet. And the first one was very, very painless, hmm. uh, but yeah, I think, I think growth is going to be super fun, but I think it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of difficult parts too as well, Absolutely. because I don't, I'm not going to take focus away from my day job. Um, yeah. That's very important to me. Um, what we're building, uh, it takes, you, you can't just shut shut your phone off at five o'clock and 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 then not worry about it so right. I need to be available for that and then uh, this thing is just it just needs to stay a passion project for now mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to turn it into like I've, I've had so many hobbies that I've turned into jobs and then I didn't like them anymore and yeah. I don't happen with this so if that happens at any point I'm gonna scale it back very quickly so that I don't I want to be stoked every time I hit send on there every time I send on an email Anytime I do a interview or whatever, uh, we had a yeah. bunch of in-person events planned. All of that's obviously canceled until later, but yeah. I'm so excited about it and I want to keep it that way. So the growth, oh, absolutely. the growth we're going to handle as it comes. But for now, it's just yeah. one dude is whatever I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, I mean, what's amazing is that you've been able to stay busy over this time because you, yeah. you kind of have one of those contents that just works for right now. And it, it's teaching people how to reach an audience when they can't do it the way they used to. You know, yeah. a lot of people just freak out and shut down and close their wallets when 
uh, right now is when you can you can really take over. You know, especially at the beginning, there's a lot of people who were who were blowing up because they were able to reach the people who were all at home. And uh, it takes a, a forward thinking or a uh, you know they always say scared money don't make money or whatever, but like it takes a person in power at a company to to pull the trigger where most people are just scared. So we're definitely the pull the trigger type of people, and we work really well with people who get that. And then the people that advertise with us or do campaigns with us see the results and then they're like, I'm glad we did that. Yeah. But we've been able to help a lot of people during, you know, reach an audience during a time where people still need to eat. People still need to be entertained. They still need to wear clothes. You know, they, uh, you know, <laughs> or at least the top happen. anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Top yeah. half. I actually yeah. put pants on today before noon. So that was <laughs> my like work from home outfit has been sweats like every day. There you go. Um, and and uh, it was starting to get to me. So I would put pants on in the mornings and I wake up after showering. And that was like the official start of my day. So even though I didn't leave the house, it was like, here's work it's pants time. Work pants. Yeah. Yes. It's the pants hour. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've missed out on a lot. Um, what is your ideal day when COVID is over? What are you going to do? Uh, when COVID's over, I'm going to fly somewhere I've never been. Um, for my birthday every year, I go somewhere I've never been. Mm. And this year, I mean, I still had a great birthday this year. I'm not complaining, but I'm going to leave the country and just go somewhere I've never been. Um, I'm, I, I travel to clear my mind. I travel to experience new stuff to, to like keep it. I'm not a good sit still person. And this, this year has, has been since March, it's been a lot of sitting still. So the first thing I'm doing is booking a flight somewhere I've never been and just fucking off for a couple of days. Um, and then when I get back live sports, probably, I don't know. I don't really know. Just traveling. That's the main thing I miss is traveling. Um, you know, excuses to stay home at night right now are not the worst, you know, uh, as I'm getting older, my couch in a good movie has become <laughs> pretty enjoyable, but the travel part is the thing that's really, really getting to me. So as soon as, as soon as that opens up, I'm, I'm taking off for a bit. Where have you not been before? Uh, I've been to probably like 70 ish, 70 or 80 countries so far, maybe somewhere I have, I don't know. I have to like count, but, uh, so we're starting to get kind of obscure. Um, but I I haven't gone to much of Africa. Um, I've been over all, all of Eastern Europe, some of Western Australia. Uh, I haven't been to Greenland yet. I really want to go to Greenland. I've been to Iceland, uh, places on earth. Um, haven't spent a lot of time in South America. I've been a few times, but it wasn't my favorite. Um, I didn't dislike it. I, I just like um, like Arctic, Scandinavian mountain range, like outside of city. Um, I like to live in a city, and then when I travel, get out kind of far. So you know, drive some mountains, go real fast, and take photos. So I, that'll be that'll be the first thing I do probably. Yeah. Probably like a Greenland trip or something like that. Some sort of Nordic island. Nordic. So you like the cold? Do you like the cold? It's not like freezing. That's what people think. Like it gets colder here than it does in Iceland. Uh, Iceland's an island and it's uh, anything that's like that close and that small relative to the ocean. The temperature is pretty um, regulated. It gets really windy and it does get gross, but like wintertime is like 30s Celsius or Fahrenheit. Uh, where, where here, you know, I woke up the other day and it was 21. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great. It's Love it. So if, if I'm and, and and when you're out in a Defender in a big coat taking photos in the snow, that's more fun than walking to a car or walking up. <laughs> street in 21 degrees in Ohio, going to work forever. So I think you can tolerate the cold differently when you're having that kind of experience. That's true. That's true. But I do tend to like it cold. Like I, I keep it at like 65 in my house and my friends just freak out when they come over. They're like freezing and I, I think it's fine. 
So I may I may be a little bit weird. Yeah, it's 64 in here right now. Oh, gosh. And I'm wearing I'm a sweatshirt, and but I feel great. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm weird. I'm definitely weird, but maybe the with the no. I the I think you're you're built that way. I'm just built the opposite direction, where I'm freezing from like you know September through May, pretty much every year. Yeah, my mom leaves her heat on to a point of where I can't breathe in her house. Like oh, she's, yeah, it's it's uh, it's obscure. So or um, it, yeah, it's just like. She's, she wants to live in Florida and like humidity. And I'm like, I just ask her all the time. I'm like, why don't you just move? It's like, go yeah. get, get your warm house. But no, I've, I've informed my husband when the children leave, when they go to college that I'm moving South and he's mm. welcome to join if he wants to, but I'm not going to stay here now. Yeah. I'm not I'll always have a place in Columbus. I want to, I want to have a place in another country mm -hmm. and, and uh, like not a big crazy place, just a small place like I have here and uh at least one vehicle in each place and just be able to go back and forth that's kind of yeah. like my that's my goal i always have a place in columbus and i want to be able to get out and go you know somewhere else as well are you mountains or beach person mountains for sure Good. No, for sure yeah okay. i like i like water but the beach like flat warm beaches it's like cool for a day but then i'm like all right we did that yesterday yeah you know let's see something <laughs> and i'm really pale so the sun and i <laughs> you know, like don't really get along if I think about the sun, I start getting sunburned. So like yeah. the beach is not, I'm, I'm like one step from like albino gingers level. Like it's not, me and the sun don't mix well. I like it, but yeah. it's, a, it's a hazard to my health. So I have to, <laughs> I have to be careful when I'm, when I'm out. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Same. Yeah. 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 It's no, not, that's funny. not safe. It's not, but it feels so daggone good in the sun. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm with you. Like I don't I don't see this. Let's lay on the beach all day long. I'm like that sounds miserable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like reading too, but I can't ever see. Like when no. I for my birthday this year, it was last weekend. I like celebrated my birthday. I went down to Cincinnati and I rented an Airbnb, like this really yeah. big open Airbnb, and I read and it was great. Like that's what I wanted to do anyway, but I wanted to go to like a cabin in the woods somewhere. Yeah. But I was inside and I was reading my book. If I'm on the beach, it's like sunny and like there's like blinding your eyes, you're wearing sunglasses and you can't see and you're sweaty. I'm like, this just doesn't seem no. I don't understand the But hey, if you love it, man, go go for it. That's fine. Yeah, I I just don't see it as relaxing. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and it's kind of like I'm laying here and I'm sweating and nobody's talking. Yeah. Um, I'm done. Let's go somewhere and do something. Yep. Yep. I'm the same way. I think, uh, I think I get that for sure. Oh my goodness. Well, Tim, you are amazing. I'm real. I'm really proud of the work you're doing. You keep that up there. Yeah. We're, tell us we're always looking for new people to partner with ways to, you know, improve the city. You know? Yeah. And, uh, it's been fun so far. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, you're doing great. Thanks. Well, well, well done you. <laughs> so tell us, um, give us your plugs. How can we find you? How can we support? How can we pass yeah. along? Um, only in CBUS is the, is the Instagram handle. That's where most of the audience is. And, uh, we have a, you know, website only There's a shop store there. A lot of partner products, you know, companies like, uh, Apollos or, um, Oxford pennant in Buffalo, a lot of handmade, uh, local goods, you know, talking about supporting small business. It's one mm -hmm. dude. I don't think that's about as small as it can get. You know, I have stock back there. We ship out of the house and uh, we make a lot of stuff ourselves. Some t-shirts, some apparel, things like that. I just made some socks that we partnered with a company called Swagger out of Houston, Texas. Okay. They're uh, recycled, um, like tall socks. I just got into like big socks. I'm a big fan yeah. of that. 
And uh, it says Columbus loves the ocean too on it with a little outline of Ohio. And each pair is four bottles, plastic bottles that were moved from the ocean. So they're made from recycled oh, bottles, wow. all made in the U.S. And once they're sh they wear out, they have a program where they take them back and recycle them and make more socks out of them. So oh, stuff like gosh. that. I always look yeah. for little products. Those are always on onlyncus.com. And then we have a, a mailing list. There's a pop-up on the site. You can join it. But the mailing list gets, you know, some exclusive content like discount codes that other people don't get uh, releases go to them first and uh, you know, stuff like that. So those are like the three main things right now, the site, the Instagram and uh, uh, the, the mailing list, you know, we have a podcast. There's hasn't been an episode since July, so you can subscribe, but not sure when that's going to, when that's going to update again. Uh, we have another podcast called under construction, which is a crew podcast, the Columbus crew. Um, they are in the Eastern conference finals right now. So that's pretty big. Awesome. Uh, that's on that gets updated more often um you know conquering columbus that's updated every monday we talk to all types of uh business people and leaders in columbus that's a really good podcast to follow if you want some information on you know in inspiration information from how they did it what's going on in the city and uh you know we've had every we've had like 400 episodes or some 200 episodes so you can there's a lot of people you can go listen to on that one yeah uh and then yeah, the other like i said the, the instagram is the main place where content goes out right now that's awesome. That's so much fun. I'm so glad, you know, I do, it was funny on the way over here because I just signed up for your mailing list a couple days hey. ago. So it was only a little bit meta that I just got an email on my way in from you. And I'm like, okay, this is just weird. That's funny. Yeah. We were sending out, I have some, some shirts that are, that stopped selling at 5 PM today. So okay. trying to get, uh, get people. Cause we had, we sold a shirt during the debate, which was yeah. like, you know, we were just talking about those things that, uh, you know, should work. Uh, I was watching the debate, uh, frustrated as I'm sure a lot of other people were, and um, made a shirt based on something Joe Biden said, telling, he said, well, you shut up, man. And it, it, it infers some sort of like political stuff, but I just enjoyed that one candidate told another candidate to shut yeah. up on my TV. I don't care Absolutely. who you support. That's hilarious. It is hilarious. So like, I made a shirt during the debate about like two minutes after he said it. I had it up 10 minutes after he said it, and it just exploded. And uh, it was like, this should, this should be like funny. And it just took off. And so we were doing that. We did like a reprint of that for uh, Cyber Monday. So we sold them during the week because a lot of people saw it afterwards and were like, oh, I want that. I want that. And I was like, I don't have any. So we're like, hey, last chance if you want it because it's going to be gone. I don't like to get involved. I respond to people when they say ignorant stuff, but I don't like, I'm not a big like fight on the internet about politics guy at all. There's just no, there's no win in that. Everyone loses. Um, so I've made a couple pieces that that showed my entertainment in in how this shit show was, and we're gonna you know move on from that and go back to positive stuff that helps the community. Um, but again, that's one of those things that you're allowed to do when you don't have a company mm -hmm. uh, or a board, which yeah. those are probably not. You know, we we saw some some people unfollowing for for that. Uh, the number still Hi. grew, and so which I think is hilarious. People people tell me they're like. I'm so mad about this. I'm like, you, like it's a free thing. You can choose to leave. Like, yeah. telling you, it's like, oh man, what's his name? I think it was Lewis Black. I hope it was him. Uh, <laughs> he said Twitter is like shit. I, I, I'm gonna. I hope it's Lewis Black. But he was talking about Twitter, and he said Twitter is like walking by a sign. You know, I don't know. You guys are old enough. You know that when they had like a thing in the little tear paper tabs that yeah. was like trumpet lessons or whatever. Right. Rip a tab. 
and then, you know, call the guy. It's like ripping off a tab and shouting, I don't want trumpet lessons. I hate trumpet lessons. Like you just walk by the thing, right? Just just move on, dude. And so people people feel like they need to rip off the tab and be like, I'm angry. And I'm like, cool, like you can leave. Like nobody's asking you to be here. Uh, and then they're like, then they need to tell me, give me business advice as to, you know, why this is gonna make me fail. And as and then I'm like, cool, man, thanks. So, and again, I, I like to respond sometimes, uh, depending yeah. on what they say. I'm never gonna fight with them about, you know, something that there's no win, but I, I definitely enjoy the the discourse sometimes <laughs> in the comment section. <laughs> sometimes it's toxic and I turn it off for myself, put my phone yeah. away, but sometimes I like to jump in and and uh, throw a little, little clap back or two. I get it. I, I, that was, that was, I think, how I was like, I need to talk to this guy actually from that response. So well done, well done. <laughs> and, and again, that's just being yourself, right? Like It is. People are, people want something. And, and uh, I think one of my responses, somebody was like, this is a bad move or something like that. And uh, and I was just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to be something to try to sell something, yeah. you know? Um, I think I said it in a meaner way uh, based on the comment, but when, when, when you get stuff from this source, it's going to be vetted if it's information, yeah. um, unless it's a joke, which um, like the uh, the 270 joke, uh, it was like the only way Trump's getting to 270 is if he yeah. comes to Ohio or whatever, stuff like that. That's objectively funny. I don't care who you are. Um, but if it's information like we had the water issues a while back, nobody was getting that update and I got the update from the city. And so I put it out and a lot of people were like, I didn't know I have a baby, thank you, right? That, that information is checked and vetted before it goes out. Yeah. Or it's going to be of, you know, it's going to be authentic. You're not going to get like, I'm never going to fake something for a paycheck or to try to gain followers or pretend to be something. It's just, you're going to get honesty and it might piss some people off and I just don't care at all. Like, well, I sleep so well at night. We so yeah. we don't get much of that these days anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, like people are scared of stuff. I think if you're honest though, and your intentions are good, you can be um, a bit brash at times. Mm -hmm because your intentions are clear. If you're, if you're just being an asshole, the sense of being an asshole, I don't think that's great. But if you're honest and direct with people um, and your intentions are, are, are positive, I think people find entertainment from it and somebody might learn from it, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, who knows? But it's working so far. It's working, <laughs> you're doing great. Well, Tim, thanks again. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for listening to Speak Easily with Krista Stoffer. We are on iCloud. iCloud. Holy <laughs> in, the, in the cloud. We're in the cloud. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud. Let's try that again. The YouTube. The YouTube. The. Oh, is this a video YouTube's. as well? Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, aren't you glad you wore pants? Yeah, good to know. <laughs> I know. I probably could have told you that. Sorry. We like, we like to surprise our guests as much yeah. as possible. But... Thank you all for listening. Uh, follow only in CBUS. I love it. It's great. It's great. Thanks, it's really Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. I love talking. So give Wonderful. me a little outlet to talk to people. So do we. Thanks again, Tim. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Boxland Media. Think big.